Welcome to Crypto Nights, where we help you finally make sense of the trending world of cryptocurrencies. So gather your virtual piggy bank and let's get started. Welcome to the next episode of Crypto Nights, where the best minds bridge the crypto divide. I'm your host, Kant Miryala. Today, it's my pleasure to introduce to you Dr. Johnny Nobles. Dr. Nobles is a partner and blockchain specialist at Government Blockchain Association. He's also a team member at BlockRx, a startup for blockchain pharmaceutical supply chain management. In addition, Dr. Noble serves as an advisor for startups and an educator in the blockchain ecosystem. You're gonna have a great time, guys, because today's topic is super exciting. It is unique, it's amazing, like everything seems to be in the blockchain world. We're gonna talk about e-residency and Estonia. E-residency in Estonia. That's right. You can become an e-resident in Estonia. Maybe you knew that. I did not. And this was an eye-opening podcast with Dr. Johnny Nobles. Come join us. All right, Johnny, we are live. <laughs> so I want to jump right in and have you, I'm going to ask you a few questions about uh, First of all, let's start off with Estonia. Where is Estonia? How big is it? <laughs> right. All right. Well, Estonia is in the uh, Baltic area. It's one of the Baltic countries um, right across the, uh, the ocean from uh, Finland and, and uh, Sweden. And uh, it's actually very small. It's actually one of the smallest countries in the world. I think it's in the 70s. Uh, population of 1.3 million. So, uh, yeah, it's actually very small. <laughs> but they got a lot going on. I know. Yeah, please tell us. I know we all know that a lot is going on, but give, give us an idea of what's going on there. Oh, good question. So um, to learn a little bit about what's going on now, we have to go take a quick step back to learn about the history. So um, basically, Estonia, when the Soviet Union disassociated back in the early 90s, they actually then resorted to building their economy on technology. So um, it's a very digital country. So um, as a result now, there's actually, they're actually the leader in Europe in terms of technology, specifically blockchain. Now, um, some of the things that they have going on now, which is of interest to a lot of people, is the e-residency, which I am a resident of. So um, this is actually really interesting because it allows people who do not live in Estonia to actually have residency there and then to access benefits as though you're an Estonian, like regular Estonian citizen. So um, it's interesting. So I saw that in um, a lot of businesses are creating or being created there and the founders don't even live there. So they can benefit from the taxation laws. They can benefit from uh, having access to government fintech resources. And um, it's a really interesting space. And several hundreds of companies have started that never don't even, like, um, the founders don't even live there. Mm -hmm. And uh, why did you become an e-resident? Were you planning to start a company? What are the benefits? So, well, first, first, I want to know the benefits, and then I want to know what is the process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good question. So, some of the benefits, like I was just mentioning, is that um, Estonia makes it really easy to uh, create a business there. So, um, you don't have to jump through a lot of loopholes and do some of the bureaucracy that you may have to do in some other countries. Um, the taxation laws are friendly, and then. Um, you can also do a lot of things remotely. Like for example, in some countries like the United States where some documents you may have to go to a notary to have them sign it. With um, the blockchain-based e-residency, you can do this thing using cryptography. So it cuts out some of the bureaucracy there. And then also it gives you access to their banking system, the payment systems, and uh, a lot of the FinTech resources. 
So for, from that point of view, a lot of people are like, okay, let's jump right in. And, um, and another benefit that I don't think a lot of people talk about is um, the benefit to some of the less developed countries, because now that gives them access to a real government's resources, which allows them to partake in um, entrepreneurship and the e-commerce ecosystem, which they may not have otherwise. So um, it's, it's really interesting. So by becoming an e-resident, you are setting up a legal business entity. You can conduct business. You can get access to some of the resources that are offered. And if I heard you right, this whole e-residency itself is a blockchain? Yes, yes. They, uh, they base it on the blockchain system. Yeah. Awesome. But, but it's, it's a blockchain system that doesn't have a coin associated with it, which brings us to our next point. <laughs> that might be next, right? So, okay. So can anybody from any country that wants to start a business become an Estonia e-resident? What was the process to become an e-resident? Good question. So um, they actually make the process very easy. You just go to the, their website and uh, you fill out a few questions, basically describing what your intentions are and um, how you can potentially benefit the Estonian community. And um, it's very quick. The application takes less than 20 minutes and um, you get a response within a few days. So um, after you get your response saying yes or no, which they usually say yes, and then you have to go to one of the consulates to pick it up. Mine was in Washington, D.C. And um, they give you actually a cool little card. And basically, um, the card connects to another device that you can put into your computer as a USB. And then from there, you have access to all the government online resources. And uh, does this cost you any money to get? Yes. Yeah. So um, if I recall correctly, the application fee may have been about maybe $100. But that includes the application and also the card that you get afterwards. So it's a pretty good deal. Wonderful. And uh, how, how long is this? Do you have to renew it? Do you have to pay a renewal fee every year or every so many years? How does it work? Well, that's a, that's a good question. I'm actually not sure about that because I've only had it for about six months and it's actually very new, but I didn't see anything re recalling, uh, regarding actually renewing the, the citizenship. Yeah. No, I would, I would probably get that out of curiosity, but uh, <laughs> did you get that e-residency out of curiosity or in the last six months, have you done anything with it? Uh, yeah, it was actually a lot of uh, curiosity because um, I'm a big blockchain fanatic. And uh, when I saw that a blockchain um, country was actually launching a e-residency, I was like, okay, this could be interesting. And um, one of the things I suspected that in the future, they may launch a coin, which now they're going the process. So that can be pretty interesting to see how a government can handle a whole entire blockchain ecosystem. So right now um, I'm seeing it develop and once the coin gets uh, released, I'll definitely uh, invest in that and partake in it. Can you tell me a little bit about that, please? Can you talk to the Estonia coin? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So um, basically it's called the EST coins for Estonia coin. And um, it's, it's being backed by Vitalik Buren, as we all know, the founder of uh, Ethereum Foundation. And uh, basically, it's going to be a coin that goes alongside with the existing blockchain system. Now, this coin will give you one. So without the coin right now, it's more of a passive database by which you can maybe store information, have access to information. Now, when you add this coin, you'll be able to do more things commerce related, right? So when the government has all their different business processes online, and you can buy coins, 
it's actually going to be really interesting because the coins are going to be released to the citizens, right? They can invest in it through the ICO, the initial coin offering. Now, that's actually really interesting because this is um, the first time we're going to see a country giving their citizens more or less a form of equity in the country, right? So, and considering the fact that this country is booming in terms of technology and innovation, it's only going to accrue in value. So that's really a good form of um, financial empowerment for the people. Yeah. So um, having the coin will really be able to make business processes faster because you're using a blockchain system. It's more secure. It's cheaper because since you don't have to go through the third man, the middleman, the bank. And um, I think that it will really help create wealth and it will be a template for other countries to follow. Wow, that's fantastic. But I have a lot of small questions around that. Is is that going to be an ERC-20 token? Um, I think, I believe so. I believe so. That's what I read when, um, because I think Vitalik Computer ended the interview and I believe it is a, it is a. Is there a timeline to this? Do you know when it's going to be launched? You know, I, I haven't seen that, but I've just seen speculation in terms of uh, they're talking about it and they're, they, it sounds like it's going to happen, but there hasn't been a timeline put on it. And uh, it seems a bit odd that it's an oxymoron that I thought, <laughs> I thought the blockchain was supposed to disintermediate the governments to get us to currency and keep them out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so it, to me, it sounds a little odd that uh, the victim is actually launching a, a blockchain for a currency. So, so what is your take on that? That's actually a really good question because um, you're 100% correct. It is, uh, it is a counterintuitive to the whole foundation of what the blockchain was supposed to be. Um, so, but if you look at it in context as to um, why Satoshi Nakamoto created Bitcoin in the first place, if you, if you think about it, the financial crash in the United States happening in 08, he created um, Bitcoin in 09. Now, a lot of the reason why he was creating that was to help eliminate some of the issues with traditional fiat, fiat currencies and the way they're handled. You know, like we see the issues such as every less than a decade, the market crashes, people lose a lot of money, and then there's a long period of hardship afterwards. And um, it can increasingly decreases in value, you know, inflation. So um, I think his point was try to, to try to make a system by which it cannot, it has a new set of rules that is actually beneficial to the community that's using it. So if you, if you think about it in this context, having Satoshi Nakamoto create a platform and then have the developers, the, the um, Bitcoin developers, who are actually um, making the new proposals and kind of setting the rules for the uh, conduct for Bitcoin, it's actually kind of similar to the government, let's say Estonia, creating a platform, and then they're going to have developers help uh, maintain the platform. So it is decentralized in the way that you, uh, the way you conduct business, but there's on both uh, platforms, there's still a group of people who maintain the platform and help um, create rules for it. So let me, let me guess what, what's happening here. So they released this EST or Estonia coin and presumably a percentage of the coins will be set aside for the Estonia government. That's probably what it means because otherwise the blockchain is not really something you interfere with. It's, it's kind of a, a self-running thing. Or do they have any control on it? Well, you know, I think, so a lot of this right now, the ecosystem is very early and it's, uh, it's immature. So 
I do think that it'll be kind of like with Bitcoin where we kind of tackle the issues as they come up. But ideally, if it's going to be a true decentralized system, they're not going to be interfering in, you know, traditional fiat currencies ways, you know, like they shouldn't be doing things such as, okay, we're initially issuing 21 million um, East coin, Estonian coins. Now we're going to issue 28 million. Those types of things shouldn't happen ideally. Yeah. So. Which means the way, I mean, if they are putting this whole thing out and their country's name and the brand, obviously they should benefit from it. I'm assuming they will have a set aside of certain number, certain percentage of tokens for the Estonia government. Oh, more than likely. Yes. More than likely will increase in value over time as this grows is one of the things that I see. The second thing that I can see is, I'm, I'm conjecturing now. So if they tie in this whole Estonia coin to the e-residency concept, so, and now they say something along the lines of, hey, you can launch your businesses here. All transactions will be in Estonia coins. Sure. Now that will become like a utilitarian thing, just like we use ether as a gasoline for transactions mm-hmm. or the ERC 20 type of tokens. Yeah. You can imagine an environment or an ecosystem around the Estonia coin where everybody that's conducting business. First of all, there's a huge motivation for a lot of people to conduct business based on what you just said as benefits. So assuming there's an explosion of the number of businesses that start in Estonia, and if there are some inherent benefits in using Estonia coins for Estonia businesses, I can see that really taking off and being aligned in interests and, you know, kind of fueling each other exactly you know having this coin will really create incentive for people to utilize it because a it gives a a consistent means by everyone to do their business processes b it's always incurring in value you know assuming that the execution idea is uh well especially with vitalik's backing it should should be good and then um yeah it really gives uh like you mentioned the, the fuel behind the system so everyone benefits no, this may or may not be a fair question. Do you know anybody that has successfully started a business in Estonia personally? And do you know any success stories around, along those lines? Good question. So um, in terms of the businesses from the e-residency, I'm not sure of, but Estonia, actually a lot of the developers that have achieved things such as um, Skype, uh, the, the code for Skype was actually made in Estonia. <laughs> you know, so... Um, you know, basically the platform what we're using right now to communicate. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, TransferWise was actually another uh, good company for transferring money came out of Estonia. So um, those are pretty big projects that actually, so they had had some success with um, the Estonia blockchain government. Not surprisingly, because uh, now things do add up. Skype was one of the original successes in a peer-to-peer type of an architecture. Exactly. And uh, so is blockchain although it's a different type of a peer-to-peer architecture therefore it kind of stands to reason that people who are very much aligned in the in the direction already saw a huge amount of value when blockchain came along and grabbed it with both their hands <laughs> exactly exactly so that's that's a good observation i did not know that the founders of skype came from there so what, what so somebody listening to this podcast Johnny, if you want to kind of take this forward, what would you recommend as the resources? Where should they go for more information about e-residency, about establishing business there, or about investing in Estonia coins? 
I know it's not yet confirmed, but where do they go for it? Can you give us some links and pointers so that people can dig into much more information about this? Yes, yes. Um, let me just uh, look at this really quickly because um, basically if you, um, you can just go to um, Google and type in uh, Estonia e-residency and it actually takes you to the government Estonia site. And okay. um, from there, it actually just, um, um, follow, you just follow step by step and you can have an Estonia e-residency uh, application filled out within 20 to 30 minutes and they have all the information about what the benefits are and uh, maybe who are, the, who are the people that it would benefit. Okay, here I have it. E-resident.gov.ee. Exactly. Yep, okay, e. got it. So this is good stuff. Yeah, that would be a great starting point for all the information. Yes. And uh, what are your personal interests? I see a lot of guy. I mean, you're a dentist or a dental surgeon, if I remember right. And then you you also have this blockchain interest, which is complex enough, but then you have an interest in government, which is a third dimension that I've seen about it. So, yeah, how, how did all of that, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful because of that, I could reach out to you and have you talk about an, a subject I knew nothing about. I already feel enlightened about all of And thanks to you, probably thousands and thousands of people who will download and listen to this and share it, uh, you know. Awesome. Uh, because my, our whole objective at Crypto Nights has been to take complex concepts and explain them in simple English. Mm -hmm. so if you notice, we don't have, I mean, because when I listen to some podcasts and, and I'm a PhD in theoretical computer science, so, and I'm complaining about the amount of jargon that's going on. In <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ironical. It's definitely so. a complicated subject. I agree with you. <laughs> but um, as for my journey to actually get into the cryptocurrency space, it's actually something I've been following for maybe a few years. Uh, when Bitcoin first came out, I heard about this digital currency. And I said, this could be something, but the back end of it sounds very confusing. So I kind of just watched it develop, and then I started buying Bitcoin, and then um, I really got hooked when Ethereum came out. That's when I was like, okay, let me get involved in the actual ecosystem. So that's when um, I was approached by my partner, uh, Gerard uh, Dutch. He's um, the president of Government Blockchain Association. And um, we started talking about, hey, how can we really get this, make something out of this? Now, so my goal, one of the main things I do with GBA, Government Blockchain Association, is I um, actually teach blockchain, introduction to blockchain courses. So um, it's a one-day course and you learn everything. From where, where do you teach that? Also in Dallas, Texas. Sorry, in which university? Oh, no, no, it's, um, it's actually uh, private courses. So like uh, we have them at different uh, places, like uh, co-working like, uh, co spaces. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll be having a it will be in Dallas. It's a face-to-face -face thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll have a um, group of students. I'll be maybe two to three of us actually teaching the course. Yeah, and it's a it's an all-day thing. So you we usually pick like a Saturday, and it usually goes from like eight to maybe five or six. Yeah. And what does it cover? Good question. So um, it covers a, basically everything you really need to know to be get to get involved in the cryptocurrency space. So it goes over the history of cryptocurrency. Bit, what is Bitcoin, um, the differences between Bitcoin, Ethereum, and the main um, cryptocurrencies, um, how it actually works, the mining system, um, basically everything you need to know in, about how to actually get involved, how to actually uh, buy and invest in it, um, yeah, a lot of things along that nature. 
it's but we don't go too far into like the back end technical part of actually how solidity works mm. okay it's more of an introduction introductory course which is a good thing exactly yeah yeah because we keep noticing that uh, there's a lot of people who ask these questions about how does it work so we developed a um a system by which we can teach people in a very simplified and layman term way mm -hmm. great we have an alignment of interest that's what we're trying to do here is democratize a lot of the complex information in the blockchain world yes so yeah. new entrants can actually understand it get excited inspired and hopefully dig further into it so we kind of want to be a gateway to the, all the and there are a lot of great podcasts in in this space to be honest with you but we want to be the kind of the first that gives a more gentler introduction and entry into this and bridge to cross the crypto divide as i keep saying exactly yeah because um, you know it took me a good i read maybe eight or nine books before i started saying okay i think i understand a little bit and that was yeah. basically a starting point for me yeah well, this is wonderful. Well, I, I certainly appreciate this. This has been extremely valuable, not just personally to me, but like I said, through tons and tons of people that are going to be listening to this. Yeah, I want you. to thank you for that. Appreciate it. And um, in the future, we can uh, possibly talk about some more things because I have a couple projects in the work right now, but um, I'll, I'll reveal them soon. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's leave that as a mystery to our audiences because that's another differentiator that we have is our goal is not to have one episode and the guest speaker vanishes, but our goal is to have uh, yeah. an ongoing conversation. So, and the relationship between you and our community is, uh, is you know, you come back and give an update on what your new projects are in yeah. the next uh, episode, so to speak. So, you, you know, we might release uh, this one as episode X and maybe X plus 10 again might be you coming back and, and, giving us an update. We are doing something similar with founders and of startups who have run a token sale or an ICO, talk about their ICO or token sale. And then our, our hope, we are brand new. So that's why I'm saying our hope uh, is that every quarter or so they'll come back and give us an update, much like they do to SEC filings or something. Yes. We're not a government organization or anything like that, but our goal is to help lend a degree of governance and quality and standards and excellence to this because this yeah because many of the icos are actually outstanding startups legitimate startups and given that there are so many fraudulent or scam type of ones so we want to make sure that we separate the wheat from the shaft by having the the real ceos and the authentic ones come to the fore and actually <laughs> use crypto Nights as a forum to give a quarterly update so people can follow them along as they grow exactly. and uh, hopefully along the way they get interested in investing in those tokens which will be good for everybody exactly exactly so yeah certainly look forward to having you back here and talk about exciting projects that you're a part of yes sir well, thanks for listening to the crypto nights never miss an episode subscribe now at www.cryptonights.io